welcome to the 20 and 20 co-working edition. This is where we ask 20 questions in 20-ish minutes. We probably go about 30 minutes. And the intention is to leave people feeling uplifted, informed, and inspired. I'm your host, Lisa Skyhane. And during the month of June, and with this particular edition of 20 and 20, I'm connecting with industry experts, operators, vendors, and of course, most importantly, people like Jean-Paul, who are, are our clients, members in our community co-working spaces themselves. And we're learning how together we'll weather this storm, right? Co-working as a coined term has been around for over a decade and uh, office spaces like executive suites have been around 30, 40 years. Our industry, Jean-Paul, of course, like many industries has been hit tremendously by and impacted by this pandemic. And so I have no doubt in, that in the big picture, co-working will survive and thrive. But the question is for a lot of businesses right now, how long will that take and how do we get there? So thank you for joining me today. This is my guest today, the mayor of Smile himself, Jean-Paul Laurent, who is the founder and CEO, Smiling on Cue of Unspoken Smiles Foundation. Thank you so much for joining me. And you're Thank there you, in primary for space. Me. Yes. Yes, I love it. Good, okay. so a little quick fun welcome fact everyone. about you. Yes, welcome everyone. A little fun fact about you before we get started too, is you are the USA Dance Nationals bronze medalist in American Rhythmic Division, which is ballroom dancing and you used to compete, is that correct? That's correct, yes. So a couple of years ago, I was competing for NYU, and um, so I represented NYU in diverse national competitions, and every uh, March or April, they have the national uh, dance competition where you get to represent your style. So I represent the American rhythm, and I, was, uh, I came up at third place you know, after six months of practicing. My dance oh partner. my gosh. So that's oh my cool. gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. Congratulations. <laughs> How fun. Thanks, I'm surprised yeah. that I haven't seen you sort of dancing through the space, grabbing someone's hand and swinging them around. Oh, right? no, no. Yeah, we did us here at primary, you know, right where I'm sitting right yeah. now. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So, um, you, Jean Paul, <laughs> you're originally from Haiti. You're an undergrad at NYU College of Dentistry. And when you were in school at NYU, that's when the earthquake struck Haiti that ultimately was the inspiration for the Unspoken Smiles Foundation. Um, you know, and seeing, I know the damage firsthand is what made you ultimately want to help. And so real quick, before I ask you more about that, um, the, the Unspoken Smiles Foundation is now worldwide, fighting tooth decay by bringing dental supplies, dental hygiene, education to some of the world's most underserved communities. And the goal you say is more smiles, and less suffering for marginalized people everywhere. Tragedy is what really changed you, and now you get to change the world. Did I get all of that right? Yes, correct. You know, I mean, the, the idea behind Unspoken Smile wasn't really what I wanted to do personally, you know. My goal was to go to the end of school, continuing until the end, and, and start practicing and do everything that I wanted to do for myself. And, you know, uh, as a... As someone who was born from a Caribbean family, there, there are certain ways that you consider a success. Are you a doctor, sure. a lawyer, or kind of things. But anything beyond that is like your failure, basically. Uh, but my goal wow. wasn't really to launch Spoken Smiles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's like, it's really like sad reality from, from those community. But uh, it, it, until right now, there, there are more people who are embracing different uh, paths and building 
building their own career. And uh, so we'll see how it goes. But for me, it was called transition because um, when the earthquake happened, of course, everybody was really sad about it. I had my nephew and my, uh, my sister-in-law was still there. So it was a scary moment for me, but I just couldn't resist to, to, to be active and do anything to support. So, and I didn't have the money. Uh, the knowledge of dentistry was the only thing that I had. So I, I disappeared a year later to, to, to help a camp. And then that got that my calling, you know, I just like from, from seeing the tragedy, the suffering, they were still happy to see me. They were still uh, happy to, to, to receive the little things that I bought for them. So that really touched me and really made me realize something that I want to do for the rest of my life. But I just, ah. at that time, I still didn't know in what form it would take, you know? So when I returned back here, so I made a choice to, I mean, I think there, there, there's, there was a little selfishness to it because right now at that moment, I started thinking about myself, what I can do to become the first to do something, you know, in the future. So I explored the idea to be the first one to launch the organization as a student. And I ran with it. <laughs> so now yeah. it pays off, you know, because you look back, even though uh, I had a little ego that pushed me to, to go that way, but the, the idea behind it, the why behind it was still about other people, not about, so, of which course. is what made you well, fast. But also the uniqueness, but, but the, of course, and the uniqueness now, that unique yeah. angle about being the first, by the way, of course, is what has given you the opportunity to be in front of some extraordinary people who have incredible levels of influence to help you only make this incredibly successful. Absolutely, and because, and because of the way we designed it that way, people were attracted to my story. They, they were excited to hear about my approach. That makes me make it more appealing and to other people that you know and my goal was the issue to places that had never been before you know and yeah. that has been successful we we became uh, a member of the unions within two years of launching the organization a partnership wow. with, with uh, thompson rider where we get access to free legal advice anywhere around the world um and wow. I got, and this year I got invited to, to to Davos, which is like the the World Economic Forum, and it's just like and I got to meet so many head of states and governments, world leaders. It's just like so uh, such an incredible opportunity for me to uh, to I this mean, platform. It's amazing. I saw you with photos with Bill Clinton and Reverend Al Sharpton, and I can't even remember some of the famous people that I saw you in photos with. I was so impressed. So, so now we know what prompted you. Obviously, you know it was a great tragedy that prompted you to launch Unspoken Smiles. But you know, you you often have said here that the real mission of Unspoken Smiles is systemic poverty, disease, the lack of access to oral health care. So, tell us a little bit more about this. The mission. Yeah, absolutely. So, the mission of the Unspoken Smiles is to bring dental care to people in the surf communities across the world. So when I started traveling to, to those, one thing I realized is that the Asian alone 
pound wasn't enough for programs because we go to the schools, we educate the kids, and then after we leave, and what what's next? Nothing happened, nothing changed. Uh, and I, as a problem solver, I wanted to figure out the best way to solve this issue, you know? And, and for me, and I think tackling the issue at the root causes was the most important because the social determinants that's causing all disease, they are at the base of uh, systemic poverty and uh, unawareness of issue and education and all those kind of issues that have access to care. They don't have money to pay for services because it's considered as a luxury of those places. And, and also, uh, there's a huge gap between dentists and the population in those communities that uh, we want to. So it was the idea behind yeah. that we wanted to build something that's lasting differences in people's life but at the same time create economic opportunities and be able to to tackle this issue one for us and my moonshot goal is to really see uh, uh, to, to dental care for everyone every day and everywhere you go yeah yeah oh my gosh uh, i just saw a meme yesterday of a list of 10 i won't recite them all but it was basically things uh, um, that exist in our country that we've started to normalize or we've accept as normal and medical bankruptcy is one of them and so you know access to medical and dental care not only here in our country but around the world of course is critical so i i have goosebumps i love that that this is what you're up to in the world what do you what do you i mean i i know how much you love the work you've already even shared that but what do you really love most about what you're doing now you've been doing it for six years so can you reflect and pinpoint what do you love most about what you're doing from the right right from the beginning the the most important things that I love about my work is connecting to people uh, with the universal language of smile, you know, because it, that was very, me because there are like so, so many people in the other countries that wants to help, that wants to give back, but they don't know how, they don't have a platform to do it. Uh, from now, I can, mm -hmm. can think about Dr. Nanabot Dentist in India or Dr. Luis Castillo in Guatemala, dentists who wants to give back, who want to, but they don't have opportunity to do it. And the good yeah. thing is, uh, for us, the power to do those opportunities, to give back, to, to create that platform with them. Because many organizations, uh, although well-intended, they travel to those communities, but they don't get the local people involved. So they come in with dentists from the U.S. They go to Guatemala, for instance. They do their own thing. They set up the Ministry of Health, but they don't take care of the people, the community. They don't talk to what they need. They just bring supplies, started pulling up. Um, for me, it wasn't like something that I wanted to do in my organization. I wanted real people to get in. So and and totally the way we do well, that, so that is to empower the yeah. Yep. Is that the Unspoken Smiles Fellowship then? Yeah, yeah it's, it's... Yeah, the Unspoken Smile Fellowship is a good uh, where we we take advantage of human capital or uh, right. in those communities that are not doing any employee, they don't have anything. So 
uh, for me, after the impact of the school program, where teaching the kids about all hygiene, but they still weren't able to get dental cleaning twice a year, just like we have here. So for me, it was important for me to create where even after they get the knowledge, the education, they also get get a call from a dentist to say, hey, you're doing things, or they have, they come to the school to clean for them twice a year to reinforce the knowledge of dental care, dental hygiene. And and that's where the, the fellowship program uh, was born. And uh, so to date, we have like seven incredible women we've been on board. And over the next couple of years, by 2030, we want to increase that number to the largest community or healthcare professionals that are women in the world. And why women? So mark, mark this state today. Yeah. Well, I think women are the are the, the breadwinner of the family. So once you once you empower women, you empower the entire community. Because um, if they, they if learn the knowledge, because I think one of the most important things that we saw, like for instance, in Nepal, where we're gonna be also launching a, a fellowship program, there's uh, there's a group of women who were abused by by uh, the the husbands, and uh, and one of the women said, you know what, I didn't think it wasn't right for me to get beat up every night by my husband. Yeah. You know, those are like touching stories when you hear about them, and and all this happens because the women they have if you can create communities for them to 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 proud of themselves to get out of poverty you can change a lot of of, uh, things in the community and 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 for that is let alone focusing on our main issue which is over care many of them are interested in working with kids and providing dental care. So, when we tackle women for this specific project, yeah, it just and of course sense. the I women they run the world. Energy, they have the passion, they care Ooh. more. So that, that's we are we are situation. we are excellent at multitasking. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, quick question: What what has been? It's been six years now. So you've obviously learned, you know, a lot about running a, a, a nonprofit here and. And so what has been the biggest challenge for you over the last five, six years? Uh, I think the biggest challenge for me was having the right people on the team. So it's, it's about retaining or getting the right people to, to help you take this to the next level. <laughs> so because like human capital is very I- important. I just had this conversation earlier today that, I mean, operators, business owners everywhere will say the number one biggest challenge is people. And it's not only finding the right people, but then also finding the right people and having them in the right seats on the bus. I don't know if you've heard that before. Because sometimes you have people who are passionate about your cause, but are they in the right seat, right? Uh Uh-oh. Oh, no. Can you see me here? There we go. Okay, now I can see you. Oh, technology. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, also, it's about uh, what opportunity, because as a nonprofit, first of all, we were struggling to, to raise money. 
and if you don't have money to retain the the big then you you're in trouble and we are very reliant on um uh, the people to to really help us get there so it was like the biggest challenge for me uh as a as a, a owner of a business and i think it's something that we continue to work on and until we, even though those are very attractive to a lot of people but i think have funding to, to to actually search and hire the right person to help take you to the next level would be uh something crucial to us to our growth oh critical yes absolutely so what is the message to parents right now about as it relates to getting their kids to the dentist when they're young and and what if they don't have insurance yes i think the first thing i tell parents is to really bring your kids to the dentist as soon as you see teeth you know the first teeth that usually comes out they are ready to be screened by dentists just take them there now if many people don't know know that kids can to care they are able what? to get free dental until care until what age i didn't know that yeah. until the age uh, it depends on the, i think the 16 years old i think uh, most of it up to 16 or 17 yeah so again like a good example two programs in in um in Brooklyn at Ember Charter Schools so when we went the after school program we had a kid with apps in insurance and then the kids ended up having a major uh cavities uh where he needed like treatment so but they didn't have insurance the parents was keep pushing or oh, we put aspirin on the tooth to reduce the the pain which was really bad but you know the moment they find out about us in the school they came to us and then we referred them to NYU College of Dentistry she got that taken care of easily you know wow. and uh, so How those are the kind of things that you can get yeah yeah oh, people need to get um, so use your information and uh, as soon as they see teeth eat that is early we definitely did not do that with my two little boys <laughs> That's okay, right. you're now and, in and also one last thing, one last thing, yeah, yeah. One last thing I want to mention because parents also oftentimes they are the biggest one that creating the 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 fear among children because they have the fear themselves, you know? Because they they had some bad experience with the dentist and they tend to pass that on to the kids and then that creates like a chain of reactions uh this is clinically Right. Yeah. And so and going back to something that you and I talked about pre-talk here also was about preventative and that you knew that you didn't want to be part of a solution per se. You wanted to to put something out into the world that really was about preventative so that there weren't these traumatic maybe big problems that some of the parents have exactly. uh, uh have had in the past. So so I love that you're highlighting Absolutely. that. Thank you. So you are in fundraising mode as most businesses are always once they go you kind of never not in fundraising mode I think sometimes <laughs> and you plan to scale larger increase That's your right. staff develop partnerships with major international organizations how can the people who listen to this help you you know who do you want to be connected to and can you be specific uh, as a leader of a former international business ne networking organization we would always say be specific mention the organizations that you want to be connected to because you just never know who's going to be listening to this and say i know someone there let me let me connect john paul 
That's true. I, um, so we, we launched our biggest uh, fundraising goal to date. And I think some of the top three things that we need, we need, because there's a lot of grants available for mm -hmm. what we do right now. And mm -hmm. if someone is an expert in grant writing, please reach, reach out to me. I would love to talk to you about those opportunities. And also Great. another biggest thing that we want to focus on is marketing and branding. So I've done a very good job at marketing myself as the leader of Unspoken Smiles, and, uh, but I fall short when it comes to promoting Unspoken Smiles itself. Because what I see when I talk to, uh, when I put something about myself, we got a ton of replies, we get a lot of it because people are interested about me. But mm -hmm. when I put the same thing, on the unspoken small page we don't get the same amount of tractions so mm -hmm. we need like some expert in marketing and branding who can help shift the focus for myself towards the organization that way more people can learn about the work that we do and be able to to give more and and do a lot more uh, uh support well so would that be uh ambassadors last... i mean right wouldn't it be ambassadors like people who want to be an ambassador and speak out on their own platforms about about unspoken smiles right Yes, absolutely. We, we have a, a goodwill ambassador uh, where any celebrities who wants to, to become our ambassador, we welcome them and we give them also access to the UN so that they can advocate for us within the United Nations system, which is a really big perks for them. They yeah. get the UN back in UN. So it's pretty exciting. So we'd love to talk to those people. Celebrities, Great. reach out to me and we'll get things started. Great. Okay. So grant writers, marketing and branding. And then is there a third something? In human capital. So if you are right now unemployed and you have great skills, you want to contribute because we have like a leadership council membership programs. We want to increase membership that could then uh, uh, provide uh, uh, revenue stream for us. We also launched a uh, online store on Shopify where people uh, purchase unspoken small merchandise right now. So if you're an expert in uh, drop shipping and uh, e-commerce, reach out to me and let me know how we can scale this platform. Too. Oh, I love it. Okay, great. Um, I love your shirts in your shop that say I have 99 problems, but what is it? Uh, cavities aren't one? But, or? but smiling is one. Smiling yeah, but smiling is <laughs> one. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I love it. That's, was that your idea? <laughs> yes. I love that one. So I actually went to Dublin. I went to Dublin and I, I saw like a, a tech company, who Qualtrics, who has similar to this. And then from this moment on, I always had this in my mind. If I ever start a, a branding uh, uh, companies, I would definitely use that brand. But, something yeah. tells me that before <laughs> something tells me that before you launched this company, you were always a pretty uh, uh, smiling, regularly smiling person. <laughs> so, quick question about co-working uh, before nine percent of the time. I know that's why you and I like each other so much because we're always smiling at each other. <laughs> it's true. And you have um, a beautiful smile too. Takes one to know one. There you go. Um, so quick question. What made you choose a co-working space to base your business? And how did you end up choosing primary? Yes, that's a very good question. So for me, again, 
when I launched Unspoken Smiles, we didn't have an office space. When I say, when I have an office space, it needs to be in the area where we have the the, the biggest organization. So wherever the Clinton Foundation has an office space, that's where we want to be. We I didn't want to settle. So like Ford Foundation, Rockefeller Foundation, I wanted to be among the very best. And so for that, we uh, have a partnership with... Um, all good work. So they, they we, through this partnership, they connected me with okay. first corporations, which are corporate streets, where we had our first office in um, avenues of, of America, right, very close to those big organizations who had them there. And then that office was going to Shin, so, so we had to leave. And then, so we were looking for a new, and then when I reach out to my team at uh, All Good Work, they made a uh, uh, primary. I was like, I, the next day I went to primary to meet uh, Tim. From the moment I stepped in, I I, I love mm -hmm. it. The welcome Thank I received you. from Tim right from the beginning of the door walked me to the entire uh, uh, office space area, to the co-working space, to the in the back. And my favorite area ever, the napping room. I was like so excited to see like the. And then for me, for someone involved with the United Nations, where there's also a big focus on environmental issues and and, and uh, the, the UN Global Goals, the office look really was appealing to me. It was like a win-win situation. The moment you step in, you see like, man, this is so green. It's it, it feels healthy. It feels you know, just like everything about primary was really good for me. So thank you. Thank I'm you very so happy much. to call it my second home for the next uh, couple of years. Thank you. Thank you so much. So how do you maintain such a positive attitude? Is that your upbringing? Is there, how do you maintain your positive attitude? Well, I mean, one thing people didn't know about me, I was a very turbulent kid, you know, growing up, I was a bully. Um, and um, yes, people won't believe that, but I, I was. And to the point, I got kicked out, out, out of uh, Catholic school, which was like one of the biggest schools in Haiti. And to be kicked out during the first, <laughs> the first uh, year, at the beginning of the school year, was it's just like, it was like weird for me. So I got beat up by my dad. And then from that moment on, I said, you know, I'm getting in trouble again. And I completely shifted my focus from bad to positive until now. So wow. sorry. Oh, my God. That is an incredible yeah. story. Wow. Well, you stand by it. You really, I, I mean, unfailingly, you always have this positive energy to you and smile. And, and it's infectious, as you know. And the world cannot have too much, I think, smiling and positivity. So I appreciate it on behalf of myself and everyone who you've come in contact with. <laughs> um, last question Thank before you. we go to lightning yeah. round. Jean-Paul, what, what is the best thing yes. to happen to you this year? Because it's been a crazy year. This What's year, the best we, thing to happen? It, it's been, it's been a, a good, so, so one thing that I'm not gonna mention that you already know, and, and the other one, is um, we got a lot of money. We got the biggest funds. Uh, we received the biggest fund this year uh, ever in our organization. So I'm excited about <sighs> it. 
Congratulations. It's so exciting. Thank you. <laughs> yes. All right. You ready so, for the lightning round? Shopping for all this things right now. Yes, let's do it. Awesome. Okay, so number one, rename the coronavirus. The coronavirus. Ah, ah. Let's see. Corong. Corong of the world. Wuhan of the world. Yeah. <laughs> What's the best advice you've ever gotten? <laughs> I got the best advice from... Uh, my former boss, who is also a very good friend of mine, Dr. Sean Shakib, and he's telling me, don't ever compare yourself to anyone. Don't ever compare yourself to anyone. So that, that, that was you. like one of the best advice. Yeah. You've welcome. met a lot of interesting people. Who is the most interesting person you've ever met, not related to you? Uh... Or it can be most memorable. I think the most. Ever well, so I will have to say like uh, Donald Trump, you know, and what? Um, yeah, well, you know, considering what's happened right now, because you know, prior to that, I, I met him at the Trump Tower. At, we were he was launching a co uh, crowdfunding uh, platform. And mm -hmm. and I was one of the ones selected to receive the first funding from from that, and not knowing ever like at that moment he was like very popular. People loved him and liked him. And to see see uh, what happened, right? President really like uh, very disappointing, you know. So, but it's still today. This oh. I say the most interesting person based where he is and, and what he is now. Unbelievable. Okay, so where are you turning for inspiration right now? Also, not anyone re or anything related to you. Uh, books. I'm reading okay. a lot of books. I think one, the one I'm currently writing right now is uh, Nelson Mandela. That's really oh. Yeah, which, what's the, what's the name of the book? Nelson Mandela. It's called Nelson Mandela. I don't know the book. Oh, I can't. Yeah. I'm sure it's unbelievable. I mean, what an unbelievable person. Yeah, it's one, yeah. it's one, it's one, it, it's, it's listed on one of the pictures that I took with the books for this oh, year. So, great. Yeah. Yeah. I can only imagine. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, early bird or night owl? Which are yeah. you? Early bird. How early? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. What's your favorite word? Cold shower. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite word? Smile. Of course. <laughs> What's your favorite quote? <laughs> Behind ever uh, there's an unspoken story. It's from me. Mm, mm. Oh, I love that one. Yes. Okay, what's your favorite business book or podcast? Um, my favorite podcast would be Leaders. Mm, okay. So really, uh, it's a podcast where a lot of entrepreneurs who are doing good uh, are, are 
TikTok, everything that they are doing. I love but it. But we have a big like, focus on social. Oh, social impact. Awesome. And on, where do we listen? Audible, iTunes, something like this? Yeah, it's on iTunes. iTunes podcast is on Spotify. Love it. Um, okay, hottest question during the time of Corona, Jean-Paul, is toilet paper. Do you pull over or you pull under? Uh, uh, over. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and the last question. Well, there's a story behind this because it's all... Oh, tell me. Yeah. Well, it, it's because of, of, you know... As a kid, I've, I've, I was used to latrine style. So, so I'm kind of used to both. To what is it? You are used to what kind of style? Latrine. Latrine style. I don't know so, what that is. It's, uh, it's where you have to stand on the toilet. Oh, oh, oh and because it's it, like it's it. Oh my God, hilarious. Look, yeah. I love it. You're very much entertaining the audience right now. People are laughing. <laughs> <laughs> my guest last friday was like or last thursday was like there shouldn't be any toilet paper everybody should have the days <laughs> um okay so last last question is 2020 or 2021 i said 2020 because you, you know elaborate? yeah uh, this this Despite whatever's going now, I got to like back and reflect on because we were like so busy, like boom, 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 boom. So I got to sit back and reflect on priorities, uh, reaching out to people that I care about, um, and then and completely revamp my business model and create things. You know, I'm truly sad though about the people who, who passed away from COVID. And it's it's really a sad situation, but I think um, and we are still in in the big big uh, issue also. That's why I encourage people to wear your mask, please. So use um, hand sanitizer. Keep it safe. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Well, I'm so thrilled to hear that you raised this big money this year and that that, that this has been a banner year for, for Unspoken Smiles Foundation. Um, everyone, my guest today, the mayor of Smile himself, Jean-Paul Laurent, um, Unspoken Smiles is, it's again, your, the work you're doing fighting tooth, tooth decay by bringing dental supplies and hygiene products to some of the most underserved communities in the world. The work you're doing is so important. Thank you so much. And as a recap for any of you who missed it, how can we get involved? I mean, certainly there are ways that we can donate, I think, and, and purchase in your, your Shopify ac uh, account online, but you're looking for grant writers. You're looking for people who know marketing and branding, potentially celebrities um, or influ influencers who could act as ambassadors. And also you need human capital, human capital. So anyone who knows about drop shipping and e-commerce, uh, any experts in those fields would be incredibly helpful as well. So just want to make sure we get that recap in there for you. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been, and I think uh, one of the best way to involve is to join our leadership council membership. It's a professional mm -hmm. program that's designed for mm -hmm. young leaders in the twenties and thirties to not only get involved, 
um, but also to help us with fundraising, to use the skills to help us grow. And I think uh, we, we, we're very grateful for the people currently had on our leadership council team, Maria and everyone else, and looking to grow this membership to at least 5,000 people. I love it. I love it. I'm wishing you nothing but the best. Continued great success. Thank you so much for your time with me today and uh, for sharing your beautiful smile. Thank, Thank you, you Lisa, for your leadership. Yes. Thank you for, for putting together this great place for me to, to call home and to feel sweet because many of my times uh, and greatest achievement happens here. When I spend late night here, I shower here, I do all those late night work here. I'm, I'm usually the last one to leave this place. And I, I thank you for, for, for your monthly membership meeting. And, and also like for, for all the members, because you know, remember we, for the opportunity to connect with other members from this platform, because we had a partnership with DigiNex who help us with our app. And, and I think um, I'm very grateful for this place and I'm looking forward to, to staying here for the longest time. Amazing, amazing. Thank you everyone who tuned in. See you for the last episode uh, tomorrow afternoon. Bye everyone. Bye-bye.